As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week we kick off Season 3 with the homestands in Dallas and New York, staffing changes coming to the league, and the drama with the Vice President. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to season two of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Um, as we've said multiple times before, I'm surprised we've made it to this point. Uh, the off season was a big question for us because we're like, how are we going to survive every week until February from October? But we did it somehow, and here we are. Yeah, I'm I'm also surprised. I'm I'm kind of glad that we're getting back in the groove of Overwatch League. We finally get the top players playing again and we get to see it every week. Um even though it is on a new platform, it's going to take a little bit of getting used to, but um other than that, we still have uh, more Overwatch action. That's a yeah, lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um have how have you been the week waiting since last let me restate bleh, I can't speak. <laughs> um how have you been in this past week? Uh, this past week has been super hectic. Um, I've been working on that secret project that I can't quite mention yet. Um, it's a lot of work, and uh, I, I didn't expect it to be that much. Um, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a big thing. Um, and then other than that, obviously, watching and playing a lot of Overwatch. Um, I've been playing with my friends since they're all back from their breaks. And so we've been taking on the competitive ladder. Um, and it's been kind of interesting. I, I I do like the meta. It's kind of it's still based on the map, which is kind of like how it was back in season two. Um, I kind of like that right now, but I do understand there are few heroes that are picked every single game um, that could use a little bit of a nerf. But we'll see. We'll see if that comes into play uh, later down the line. Uh, how was your week, yeah. Matt? Uh, it's been good. It's been busy. Um, I tried watching the league matches at home, but 
shout out to AT&T Internet, which high key sucks, at least where I live, because um, every other week, it seems the Internet will cut out and it's a it's a new reason every time. So I'm like flipping a coin to see if my Internet will work. And if it doesn't work, it's like flicking a spinner to see what's wrong with it this time. Um, so I had to run around to like libraries and different coffee shops that were open to try to find reliable internet. But eventually I was able to watch all 16 hours of Overwatch we had this weekend. Um, and uh, the Valiant were having a sale online for their season passes for um, their homestand games in April and their, uh, their other games in August. Um, they were doing a thing where you didn't have to pay the online fees and online fees suck because you think you're paying like, let's say for, for in this case, it was like 80 bucks. And like, if I had to pay the online fees, it'd easily be like at least a hundred, if not more. So I did that. So that's going to be a fun thing to report back on at the podcast when we hit April. Yeah. And mine is coming up in March. We have the end of March for the shock homestand. Uh, I did get my tickets for that. I actually went into nice. UC Berkeley to go check out the facility that they're actually going to be playing in. Ooh, um, how is it? It's pretty big. It's a pretty nice spot. Um, and I'm glad that they got it on on Berkeley campus. I feel like you'll draw a lot of college students and a lot of people from around the area, too. Um, mm -hmm. And since I knew a couple of people from Berkeley, um, since it was their open house as well, um, got to check out their esports facility. Uh, it, they got like 42 PCs, but it's kind of a small room. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it's still a really nice facility. Um, and then also I got a t-shirt for signing up there and a discount on oh. the tickets. So it was really worth just going out there and seeing what it's going to be like when, when the day comes. Um, and yeah, that's going to be coming up on the 28th of March. So I got a couple more weeks or pretty much a month or so to really just figure out what I'm going to do, where am I going to stand? Um, and it's, I feel like it's going to be just a great experience overall. Mm-hmm. See, the when I signed up for the season tickets for the Valley and they're like, oh, yeah, you'll get like free merch and discounts and you get in early. But like they haven't sent me any emails, so I don't know how being like a season pass holder is going to work at all. Um, then again, it is still very early. We just started. So hopefully they'll be on the ball on that, because if not, I will be sad because that's a lot of money to spend and not get what you paid for. Did you did you buy season tickets or just for the homestand? Uh, I just bought the one for the homestand. Um, just okay. the just that uh, first arrival homestand. Um, I have to buy the one for uh, what is it? Their other one that's in July or something. It's either June or July. Mm -hmm. um, but I have to buy tickets for that one separately. But I think what they originally had is like if you go with a group, I think with ten or more, you get a flag. You get a championship flag. Um, and I didn't have that group, so maybe I'll try to do that for the, for the other one. <laughs> that's a lot of people um, to go. It's a lot of that's, people, but it's like a, a lot of people makes it an event though. Like, I feel like, because I'm still in touch with my college and like the, right. um, the esports scene there, I feel like it would just be like, Hey, who wants to go? It costs this much. We'll all like commute together and we'll yeah. go, go watch the game. I feel like that's just the best way to go about it. Do you get one flag for all 10 of you or does all of every person in that 10 group get a flag? Uh, it, you get one for the entire group, but then you also get to take a picture on stage. 
So I feel I like that's disappointing. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm like ten people, one flag I mean, and a photo on stage. Like it's cool if you have friends, but you're asking the esports community. <laughs> but I'm just yeah. saying, you gotta find ten people who are who like Overwatch, who watch the league, who want to pay money to go to the league, and then you get one flag for all of you, and then a photo on stage. Like what the hell? Last yeah. time I went to Blizzard Arena, I made my own sign. It was a sign of Roadhog flying, and it said, let the pig fly. And then I just walked on stage during a break and took a photo. Like, no one cares. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's pretty much what's going to happen. Um, it depends on which tier of tickets. Did you did you have different tiers for your season pass, or is it just like... No, it was just like where you wanted to sit. I bought Floor GA because they were the cheapest. They were like... Mm-hmm. For a single weekend, it was forty, so mm-hmm. I think it'd probably be like twenty per per day. Twenty per day, yeah. Um, but like that, those were the cheapest. They went all the way up to like two hundred something if you wanted to be like right in the gamers' faces. Yeah, which is disgusting. I mean, if you if you want that, <laughs> it like I guess if people want to get like their stuff signed and hang out with them, I can see that as a thing. But mm-hmm. um. I'm lucky and fortunate enough to like be close enough to the shock yeah. to be able you to hang out with them. Already. I have my in, but that doesn't really help when I have to like buy my own tickets and I don't get that hookup <laughs> this time. So uh-huh. it's more like I'm there as a fan because um, a lot of I think a lot of the teams are actually buying um, organizations that will help run the event a little bit more professionally instead of it just uh-huh. being like a booth, you know, um, yeah. but they will probably hang out and mention the fan group that's there so that'll be pretty cool so shall we get into the news of season two yeah so first thing on the news docket we have a new ptr patch that went live on i'm not sure if it went live but it was posted on february 6th to the official blizzard forum um it's not a big update um you've got four characters in a general bug fix so the first character that's being uh, changed is Wrecking Ball. Um, the pile driver, when it comes down, the affected um, period of time where the players in the air will have a loss of control is being decreased from 0.5 seconds to uh, from one second to 0.5 seconds. Um, so a little bit of a nerf on that ability. Um, that's actually armor- really big for Ball, actually. Um, the pile driver being able to pop you up for a second gives you just enough time as ball if you land all your shots as headshots to essentially burst them down if they're a 200 hp hero so having this 0.5 actually changes the way how you have to like attempt to one shot people it gives them a lot more time to respond um so ball is more in there just to pop people up and start the fight rather than being a solo frag it's kind of the same way how you have to think about a roadhog when he got changed his hook combo couldn't like finish off a 200 hp on its own but if you have somebody behind you who could deal like one more hit then yeah you you have the combo it has to be a much more cooperative attack now if you're doing a pile driver Mm -hmm. the next hero to have a change is briggs armor pack so the armor over heal is being reduced from 75 to 50 and the heal per second is being reduced from 65 to 55. Um, I felt like Brig was already in a pretty weak place already. I'm not sure uh, why Brig needed the the extra 
um, extra nerf. I, I haven't seen too many Briggs being played. So, I mean, we saw a couple this week in the Overwatch League games, but as it stands, I think like it's going to be even rarer to find a Brig. Yeah, Brig is very conditional. Once again, like she's not as strong as obviously when she was in Goat, she was really strong. But since Reinhardt is still a constant pick currently in the league and also around in competitive play, um, Brig as a kind of like a almost a pocket support, I would say, um, really does go well with Reinhardt. Just not just lore wise, but actually. In the, in the gameplay-wise, because in order to proc Inspire, you need to get the hits. Right. So I understand if they're saying, like, oh, the armor pack is too too much, but I think you would have to compensate that with giving her something else in order to heal other single-target things. Um, right. Or, I don't want to say it, but, like, you could up Inspire um, to actually help her, like, keep the team alive. Um, yeah. But... This armor pack reduction, I feel like, is due to the fact that a lot of Briggs would just throw a ton of health packs onto, like, a Reinhardt who's about to die, and he just survived the entire fight. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, if I'm playing Brig, if I'm on the support role, um, I'm throwing it on the DPS so that they can survive the fight. Um, but I can understand this, like, little bit of a tweak back. It won't necessarily make her a meta pick. And I don't think that she's going to be picked as often as she is already um, just because of this armor pack reduction. Right. Like Briggs utility is, is I think very conditional. Like she's really good when you're in chokes that are really, really close, but her healing for, for longer fights at distance was not the best just because all she really had was the armor pack. And now that it's being reduced, like you're already, taking down her limited utility further yeah and once again she has a conditional pick um and her shield is still at 200 hp so it's literally like holding a piece of paper up against a bullet um you're you're not gonna get a lot out of it rip to all the people who bought that goat skin yeah i'm three away from getting it and i can't get league tokens because it's not streamed on twitch so give me my league tokens i need three literally three tokens (laughs) so the next person to be changed is sim um symmetra's photon projector secondary file so when you're shooting out the balls the damage from that increased from 120 to 140 i think briggs already really 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 powerful as she is uh this this just makes her utility even further where they're taking down briggs utility they're upping Sims utility. So like you can literally just set up turrets, set up your, your ult when you have it and just spam balls from across the map. You have to be a lot more careful about playing around Sim. Now you used to be able to just kind of walk into the balls and just be like, all right, that tickled a little bit. And now they hit like a truck. So you're like, okay, I have to figure out what I'm doing here. Um, Like two hits. A lot of the heroes already are done. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, spamming it down a like a very thin choke or just in a very what is it crowded spot, you're probably gonna hit something. So giving Sim the potential to just get that even more, I don't want to say it, but she might become picked more often because if oh, that definitely. goes if that goes up, if that number goes up, 
That means she's going to get her ult quicker, which means that she she's going to have a one shot a tracer almost. It's like right there to being one shotting a tracer. Yeah, you just need like a little bit of an extra hit or, you know, if anything, you force recall. You force recall if she runs into one of those. If anything, I feel like she might get picked up more to counter, you know, the Reinhardt Diva, right. um, which is currently the meta. Her wall could be an issue again, just the same way how, you know, barriers were an issue at the very beginning of mm-hmm. um, when, when she got her rework. So I can see that being a problem coming down the line. But if they want to buff Sim, I mean, a lot of people that I know would enjoy that. And it would make Hanamura takes a lot quicker. Uh-huh. With that that teleporter and then, the oh yeah, you you go Ryan, w- yeah you go Ryan Wall into teleporter onto the point, throw the three turrets on the inside. You have the May Wall come up and you're already just set up. You're just like okay, if they come in, they're gonna get zapped by the three, three turrets. You just swing into them. You win point A. You teleport to the back with point B. It's just it's the same way. Like I, I still don't think yeah we saw that and the um. I don't, they haven't beaten our time, but then again, like we, we were very quick on it. We were just like, this is everything went our way, um, in that play. So I just hope that it, 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 I don't give anybody or everybody the same like idea. We just know that Sim is going to be picked a little bit more often on Hanamura. All right. So the last pick, uh, not pick the last change that we've got is to widow. Uh, the full time for her to charge her scope shots is going to be from 0.83 seconds to one second. So hopefully a little bit more survivability and, and timing um, for our squishies. So you've got a, you've got that 0.17 seconds between her shots where you can, uh, you can move around a little bit, hopefully get behind cover or get health pack or find your tank to soak up that damage. Yeah. The, the widow, full scope shot thing is going to be really weird for dps players who main widow um for sure you're gonna to have to just get used to that 0.17 seconds yeah. the way how old widows would go is like you would hear essentially when you're charging up the uh, shot there's a certain like like a tick that you hear when it's fully charged um when you get to a certain point you just feel that time instead of like listening for that tick um and so a lot of players that I know have to get used to, they're like, oh, if this does go live, it's going to just take me like half a second longer to just dial that in. Um, but they said, oh, it will only take probably like a day or two in the practice range just to get that feel back. Um, but, you know, good widows are going to pop off anyways. Like you're right. They're going to do what they're going to do regardless of the extra time. So. If anything, it'll just it'll it won't affect their play as much. It'll maybe affect the timing of individual fights just because you have that that little bit of lag time in between widow shots. So they're not as frequent. You're not maybe getting as many headshots and, and quick picks as you did before. Yeah, widow can't just like erase a team in five seconds. Like you it's you're gonna have to take a little bit more time to pick your shots, take who you need, and it definitely does give time for especially mobile teams to get out. I think the most important part of this is um if you want to get like insane with the math. Um if you pop Infrasight, which lasts for 10 seconds, you used to be able to shoot about 14 shots within that fully charged shots if you were to just go full set fire full set fire 
Um, but now you only get 10 shots, which it's not bad, but you just have to think of it differently in that space. And then the last thing that came in with this PTR patch is a, it's just a general bug fix. Um, it's a bug fix with the sound occlusion that would sometimes cause sounds to be muffled more than intended when hidden behind walls. It, it's something that comes with like the sound thing. Um, yeah. Especially when Overwatch is key. Like you need to know when people are coming. It's very important. Like it's almost as important as using your eyes. Uh, <laughs> but I would say, yeah. Um, I actually abuse this just a little bit as a as a Rhine player because if you would wow. crouch and just walk around walls, they wouldn't be able to hear you as well. So sneak shatters are a lot easier to get, but now I have to be like very careful about what I'm doing. Um, so Close that loophole. Yeah, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I just have to play like a regular Reinhardt now. I can't just be an idiot and hide behind the team for ten minutes just waiting for the Reinhardt to overextend. No so. more stealth Rhine. No more stealth Ryan. You have to be, or if you are gonna do stealth Ryan, don't walk. Don't just set up after the team kill or whatever. Go run to your corner and just stay there. Like, don't move. Um, because if you move, they're gonna hear your footsteps and then they'll turn around. And they'll know you're there. So just don't, just don't show any, any proof that you're there. Um, very good on Rialto point A. So uh, I'm expecting to see some of you guys catch out a few people with that. I can I can just imagine a a comedy animated thing that the Blizzard could do just sneaky stealthy spy Ryan just oh yeah. my god just that's that's Ryan all that bumper to, was in, in his armor Ryan just trying to sneak yeah you just hear the clanking of metal it's the quietest sound known to man <laughs> during our first games this week. Uh, we had a, a lot of tactical crouching uh, going on, um, and it, it caused a little bit of controversy throughout the community. Um, there are some people who are in the camp that you're a professional athlete right now. Don't do that. It's dumb. It makes you look dumb. It's disrespectful. And then there are other people who are in the camp of um, this is just gamer culture. It's a taunt it's a it's a mind game it's a strategy also it's just funny to see and watch um i don't know how i feel about this personally uh i know i gave last season i i I talked smack about um gator for doing it but like for some reason this didn't feel as bad to me and that might be a little bit um two-faced to me to say i realize but like when Sinatra did it, that this is the one that I remember. When Sinatra did it, it just like it didn't seem like that big of a deal because like it's Sinatra. I'm on the school Discord for the Academy of Art. We had a really big discussion about this whole take, and um, lots of people. Once again, lots of people on the fence uh, either way. Um, but I do um, think that it is part of the mind game. It's part of the gamer culture in general. Um, if you are going to tactical crouch on somebody, you're literally getting in their head. It's like, um, I guess if you, we want to go back to the Mamba mentality here, like he would learn a completely different language just to smack talk the person he's playing against. Okay. Like they, <laughs> it, he's getting in their head. 
in one way or another. And it just so happens that the best way for gamers to get into each other's head is to just tactical crouch over their corpse. Um, right. It's almost like, are you going to ban players from starting like if they let's just say if like teabagging becomes like a finable thing. What if they just start spraying like oops, like after they get like a big play or well played, right? Um, is Honestly, that I think that's more, that's more disrespectful because that takes more effort. Yeah, or like taunting on top of them, like literally using the emote on top of them. Yeah. Like that takes a lot more time, but it's also like I mean, we saw that too this week. Yeah, exactly. Like we saw players who popped off and just did it. And you're like, okay, yeah, you get to flaunt your stuff there because, you know, you deserved it. You popped off. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember who it was, but someone did the uh, the Reaper slow clap after a, a particularly nasty blossom. Yeah, it's it's things like that. Would you rather have, you know, a player tactical crouch maybe two or three times or like a full emote that like people will cut and highlight? Um, I mean, either way, it's going to get highlighted, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think it, it's fine. If you really want to get into nitpicky stuff, just go back to like Canada versus US in the World Cup of two years ago. Like literally after every death, it was like a teabag. It was it was insane. But um, yeah, I don't think that it's going to be a big deal. I feel like it's a part of the mind game of, of Overwatch. Um, and if people think that it's bad, I mean, so is smack talk. So is, uh, so is taunting in certain games. Like just, it's part of the gamer culture in order to get into somebody's head. You're not going to like deny a player from doing the same thing in a professional sport. Like, are you going to like mic up every single NFL player? Like after they get a tackle or something like that. And if they say a swear word, you're like, okay, you get a fine. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. Like you're yeah. not going to censor that entire thing. It's the same way as how it is in a, in overwatch. You're, you're going to get the same thing. Also, like the, the one I know I remember was that everyone highlighted was Sinatra because he popped off, but also like it's Sinatra. He's like the, the MVP of last year. I think if anybody deserves to, to pop off and, a tactical crouch it's him are you a tack croucher it depends on the game uh it really does um if the other ryan does it first you have to solidify dominance um after after you okay the best one is when you when they teabag you first and then you catch them out uh when they fire strike and you shatter them you teabag them before you pin so that way they they know like okay like uh-huh. he took the time to read out how long I'm going to be stunned before I die. Like just small things like that. Um, I would, I also do the, the well-played spray. If I get like a 5k shatter, um, uh-huh. I'll do that after the execution, after the entire play. Um, but yeah, you have to, you have to pick your battles. Like when you're going to do it, you have to either get inside the guy's head early. Um, but you don't want to be too cocky and then like lose the game. So Pick your battles when you're tactical crouching, spraying, or emoting. Um, it is part of the mind game, but make sure that it doesn't go to your head. Yeah. I think I've only I only really ever tack crouch when I've got this this really annoying player that like we're going back and forth and then they tack crouch first, then it's like you said, it's a game of dominance. Yeah. Um, okay. So another a big thing that we've been going into leading up to season three of the overwatch league is the rapid and just massive changes in staff on camera that the overwatch league has had 
Um, so a week before the Overwatch League starts, we lose two more people. Danny Lim and Mika Burton announced that they're leaving the Overwatch League and they're going to be freelancing. Um, my question is, is why did they only announce that they weren't coming back a week before the league started? Was it a thing that they were expecting to be part of the league and then suddenly they were told that, oh, you're not going to be doing it anymore. So they announced it now or was it just a thing that they were holding on to or, or, or what was going on in that situation? I think it could have been like just contract negotiations. They were probably just talking with the league for a while um, about trying to either keep them or like, you know, once again, we heard a lot from uh, Monte Cristo and, um, and Doa and a lot of people who did end up leaving is that um, they are cutting pay. They're either cutting back on the amount that they can get or the amount that they need in order to kind of, you know, sustain themselves. So I do understand if, let's say if Danny and Bika were still in talks uh, to be hosts or to be on uh-huh. on the ground hosts for the event, um, it, they could have kept going until literally a week before and then they're just like you know what we can't do this um it does kind of hurt though not gonna lie uh not having danny uh in order to just be the uh one to the the one translator and host um because Mm -hmm. now that we see if they're interviewing korean teams like jake has to ask a question Hand it to the translator. Translator's got to give it to the player. The player's got to answer. Goes back to the translator and then goes back to Jake. Um, it's literally like a baton pass of uh, of the mic, right? Um, right. It was it was nice to have Danny in that case, but you know, I, I would take. Uh, we got rid of the awkward hug, though. So I mean, no more awkward hug. No, no more. Here's your jersey. Awkward hug time. Um, he might be bringing it to the other sports, though. If he gets hired, because he's freelancing now, so he might just be the traveling awkward hug man. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'll just give him. A, can we get an Overwatch League jersey done by a by Staples that just says "awkward hugger"? <laughs> and then on the on the butt part of it, it just says "Danny." Like, <laughs> I would, I'd buy that. That would be hilarious. Just a commemorative Danny Lim goodbye jersey. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I do feel like this once again it's a big hit to the to the league. Yeah. Um and it's interesting to see the way how they um what is it? How they set up the watch point again or like the the halftime desk. It's like once again it's yeah. like in LA, it's like a separate thing. Um yeah. I kind of had a feeling that it was going to be kind of like that, but at the same time uh it feels kind of it it feels kind of weird not having the home crowd behind you and like listening to all of that. You only have it when the commentators are on camera. Mm-hmm. Another thing that happened with, with more cuts again, a week before the league started is that the um, blizzard told that the, the Russian language people who broadcast the, the league games in Russian that they are no longer needed and that they would be cutting Russian broadcasting. Um, So my thoughts on this are again, what the hell? This is only a week before 
they're supposed to start and you're telling these people who expected to have jobs throughout this season you're only telling them maybe you're only telling them now or you're letting only letting the people who are watching russian overwatch and expecting to have the league in russian a week before so that's kind of not fun um zarya is russian so and you also have volskaya so that's kind of a a slap to your hero but then again i throughout the comments that i've read online russian was identified as the lowest if not one of the lowest um viewed streams that they did have so from an economic viewpoint this might have been the move that the that blizzard had to make just to to keep money going where it it needed to be to keep the league viable um i, I think the biggest issue here is that it was only a week before the league started uh what, what do you think kevin that both of the these changes so close to the actual start of the league say both about blizzard and league I feel like Blizzard really wanted to keep these guys around, obviously. But at the same time, I feel like the league is trying to either penny pinch or trying to, you know, just save where they can. Um, And I don't think that's the way to go, honestly. Like um, the way how they kind of made the huge jump of saying, oh, we're having homestands in season three. Right. Um we always go back to this almost every week now. It's like, I feel like if there was like a little, like a smaller step in between so that they could expand out, kind of have teams set up in certain areas, um, then went to full homestands, that probably would have been better. But right now, with the loss of, literally you're you're saying this like a week before, you're losing um, your, your Russian audience and then you're also losing two of, the overwatch league talent um it's just it feels like it's kind of scrappy it feels like oh we're we're just realizing that we don't have enough money to do this or um they're kind of just scrambling around to try to get what they need to get done um and it's really just hurting the uh the scene if anything it's hurting the overwatch league scene um i'm glad that a lot of these people are freelancing um they're doing what they need to do in order to you know make money make you know the grind is real um but i i still wouldn't mind seeing them obviously coming back for maybe certain homestands that they would know that they would like to be a part of like um i wouldn't mind seeing danny go to you know seoul korea and doing you know the seoul dynasty games or the vancouver titan games um and just being there as a host um I feel like the one thing that's going to be really awkward that we've had for the past few years, or we've had every year of the Overwatch League, uh, the All-Star match. Where is that going? Mm -hmm. Like, we used, obviously, it used to be just Blizzard Arena, right? And we'd just have games there. But if you're having so many cuts, you lost Mani, you lost Doa, you lost Danny, you lost Malik, you lost Mika, you lost a whole bunch of people, right? Uh, the, The talent takedown, who's left? Uh, <laughs> who do you have? Um, can you even make a full six on six versus team? Uh, or are you just going to have to bring on other players to just kind of fill in? Um, I feel like it'd be interesting right. to see. But honestly, th- this does feel really scrappy and I don't like it. 
Um, I wish that the league planned a little bit ahead of time, even if they told us like, oh, yeah, Danny and Mika will be joining us and there will not be uh, Russian coverage for the Overwatch League. Um, if they told us that like a month out, we would be like, oh, OK, maybe the Russian broadcast can find like a smaller group that's willing to cover the games. Um, doesn't have to be Overwatch League official, but they'll like watch the replay and just cast it from there um, so that there's at least a dub for somebody. Um, uh-huh. Same thing with like the the talent. I know that they're trying to get more and more talent to join the team, but we'll see where that lands. Um later down the line we're we're all waiting on the home stands and to see if this experiment even works i honestly just hope that they survive long enough to have a season four and uh <laughs> if oh, they dear. if they do have a season four will they learn to downscale and go to once again we think regional stadiums would be okay rather than having to move everything everywhere um so yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes down mm-hmm um the one good thing that came out of staffing is that Puckett is no is, is not just a a, a one time thing they're bringing him back for the San Francisco homestand so Kevin you'll get to see him yeah I got to see Puckett um yeah he did a post on I don't, I don't know if it was the league as well as just San Francisco shock uh the Twitter page but he was saying, like, yeah, he wants to be the one to do the crowning ceremony or the uh, the banner ceremony for the San Francisco Shock, which is the reason why he wanted to do the homestand. Um, so, I I mean, he was kind of one of the big uh, hosts during the time. So I feel like it's only fair that we let Puckett come over, uh, raise the pennant, give out the rings, you know, just let him come over because we had SF or totally open arms about that um overwatch league and lists are a thing that i do a little bit too often on this podcast um but so the esports observer released their list of the most impactful games of quarter four 2019 um so they had they recognized the top 15 games um and they looked at six different metrics um the monthly active and this is just pc um, so the monthly active PC players counted for thirty percent of what they were weighing. The distributed the distributed esports winnings, which I believe means the amount of money that went into uh, the pot like for pool. each of yeah the prize pool. Um, the esports total hours watched on Twitch is twenty percent. Distributed esports winnings is twenty five percent. Total number of Twitch hours watched is fifteen percent, and then number of tournaments and concurrent Twitch streamers are both at five percent. Did you look at the list? Did you click the link? No, I didn't. Okay, game time. <laughs> um, let's see. So, where in the top 15 do you think Overwatch landed? Okay, wait. When you say quarter four 2019, what are we talking here? Is It's like... Like the last three months of the year. Three months of the October year. Over okay. to December. Okay, so... Oh, that's tough. Um... October through December, we know that we had World Cup, and I feel like that was like the only tournament that we had, right? Um, during right. that time, because Overwatch League is currently in its off season. Well, I mean, um, it was in the off. We were in the off season, but we we also had uh, contenders gone. We had a lot of contenders, yeah. 
Um, that's they recognize that contenders gauntlet counted for um, the the tournament aspect of this. Oh, okay, man, this is tough. Um, I I don't think it would have made top ten. I think it's probably even lower okay. than that. Um, okay, just because I think that there was. Do you even think we made the top fifteen? I I don't even know. I I think we should be like maybe twelve thirteen ish okay but i don't think that we're anywhere near the top for sure because this season like um you have the end of the league of legends series you have dota 2 just wrapping up but uh yeah because that the international was uh in like late september um but then there's there's no off period for for that csgo definitely had tournaments um rainbow six is picking up but uh i don't know about the competitive scene during that time um i just feel like it wouldn't have been that high so i'm saying like 12 or 13 maybe on this list what do you think made the let's say top five top five starting with one and then going down okay um Man, uh, quarter four. It's just tough because I feel like a lot of esports are in their off season during the winter. Um, yeah, because that's just the way how it is. Um, okay, I think first of all, if there was another World of Warcraft tournament, it would be up there. Um, okay, so I would say, yeah, okay, so that's in top five. League of Legends is probably in top five. Um, I think Dota was in its off season, right? Because the international happened at the end of end of uh, end of August or September. I, I okay. If Dota is in the top five, it's just due purely to prize pool and hours watched on Twitch. Um, but I, I would put that maybe. I, I'm putting Dota as a maybe. I don't think that it would make it in there. Um. Okay, so I have League, World of Warcraft, uh, CS:GO. CS:GO is probably in there. Um, Hearthstone. I feel like there was a Masters tournament pretty recently, and then there's got to be one other one. Um, maybe Street Fighter was happening during that time. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read all through fifteen. I'm gonna start at one, and then okay. go down. Okay. Uh, one, League of Legends. Okay, so got one. Two, CS:GO. Okay, cool. Three, Dota Two. Hey, we got to the list. Yeah, they the reason why Dota Two made it was because there were a, a few really big international tournaments and huge prize pools. They counted. They um, counted the international uh, in in yeah. that uh, in that pool. Okay, yeah. cool. They counted international. Also, um, English and Russian streams had really big viewership. Yeah, we Even every after. year we have stupid amounts of people who tune in to watch yeah. uh, the international, and I'm I'm one of those. So yeah, uh, so that boosted Dota way up. Okay, cool. Uh, four, PUBG, which beat out number five Fortnite, which makes me happy because I can't stand Fortnite. PUBG beat <laughs> out. Okay, okay, I understand that PUBG has a huge market. Believe it or not, in China, like uh huh. That is huge in China. Um, so I think that's the reason why they have a lot more. And Fortnite is kind of spread out, but it's not 
as competitive, I guess. Right. Um, so I it's guess not that's like considered that much of a serious esport, even though it's it's really big, but like as far as the seriousness of the sport goes. Yeah, it's one of the more popular games for sure. But I guess in terms of like esports format, don't really have a lot going on. So after after Fortnite was Rocket League. Okay. Rocket, Seven, Rocket League. Stone. Yeah, Rocket League. It went actually Rocket went up. League. Okay. Cause League of Legends stayed the same. Okay. CSGO went up. Okay. Uh Dota 2 stayed the same. Okay. PUBG went up. Yep. Fortnite went down. Rocket hmm. League went up. So Hearthstone went down. Okay. Hearthstone went down. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting because the uh oh wait, yeah, that's correct. They won the championship series at the end of that, and now they're restarting the series. So right now the Rocket League Championship series is beginning. So that means that they must have had like a month or two off to like refresh. Yeah. During that break. Okay, so yeah, that, I guess that makes sense. Um eight was Rainbow Six Siege, which went down. Hmm. Um, nine World of Warcraft went up. Okay, yeah, because WoW Classic kind of helped yeah. that up. Overwatch dropped five for number ten. Okay, it dropped for number ten. So it's number ten. Yeah, Overwatch went down, but we hit ten. Um, it was mainly because of. Let me read what uh they said in their analysis. Uh, it says as Blizzard's league was already in its off season in quarter four, the $250,000 prize pool feeder series Overwatch Contenders the Gauntlet was the biggest tournament during the period resulting uh in the drop in Overwatch. So yeah. we did uh, we dropped 5 spots from quarter 3 um into quarter 4 because we were off season. Uh, so normally we would be top 5. Yeah, that that kind of makes sense. 11 StarCraft stayed in its same spot. Okay. FIFA 20 was in the 12 spot but that was a new game so it that's just where it landed same yeah. thing with call of duty modern warfare which was new in the 13th spot yeah and we just um, got the call of duty league started up so that's probably yeah. why uh magic the gathering arena was okay. in 14 and stayed the same and rounding out the list was tekken 7 at 15 mm. yeah tekken 7 had a really big scene uh near the end of the year there's a lot yeah. of people talking about like the new uh, character T-Pain cosplayed as him because it looks like T-Pain. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, Tekken 7 could get a buzz that way. I feel like if they were to do another one for quarter one at the end of this next three months, I've, I have a feeling that uh, that Street Fighter V Championship Edition would probably end up taking Tekken 7's spot um, just because they're having a new game with like everything released in it. Um, mm-hmm. And that's coming out. It's coming out Valentine's day. So if you sad people want to play some uh, street fighter, get our hands on that. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those. Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah. So that, that was, that's where we landed in our impact. We were in our off season. We still, crack the top 10 okay I, i'm really surprised about that i'm glad okay honestly if if anything this should prove that contenders is worth watching um contenders is what saved this game's relevance 
Exactly. You need to we need to watch more contenders just so we can know like most people um like closer if you want to talk about closer on the Dallas Fuel, he's insane. He's an insane player. Um but yeah, he came from the contender scene and uh a lot of people who are in my inner circle for the Overwatch League were like, yo, closer's in the league now. Closer's in the league now and they're like freaking out. Um you're like, I've never seen such amazing plays come out of contenders, and I'm glad that he's finally on a team. So uh, we're yeah. looking at a lot of the young talent coming into this new uh, in, into the league, and I'm going to be really excited to see them. Um, next story. Uh, this one's a, a fun one for people who like to collect things. Um, Funko Pop unveiled an Overwatch League Tracer Pop figure. It's their their debut esports pop. Um, right now it's it's 14.99 it's it's only on the blizzard store like you can't find it on amazon um it looks it's pretty much just the original tracer but it's overwatch league little like patches and stuff on her her um her costume um but yeah so for people who do like to collect this is a and want to show their love for overwatch league this is cool It, it shows more variety and then the merch that the overwatch league is offering and their different partnerships within the general entertainment industry and that they're catering to fans. Uh, do you collect pops? Yes. Okay. I have a whole wall. I I have too many. (laughs) I have way too many. I have some in, I have some on a wall, some in my garage, some just spread throughout the house. Yeah. I, I still haven't collected like the fifth wave and this is almost to my ceiling. So I got to figure out what I'm going to be doing with it. Um, but yeah, I, I would like to pick this one up. I'm, I'm thinking about it, honestly. Um, right. Yeah. The, the exclusive ones are just very hard to find. And so when you do find one that you're like, oh, an ex- it's an exclusive and it looks good. You have to get it. Um, yeah. Because I, mean, I was waiting on contest, we could give this away eventually. If we want, I, I would love it. to, yeah. honestly. Like, I I wish like if we had a talk show or something like that, and like sitting down just talk the league. Um, I feel like that's what they could do for Watch Point if they want to get more people to watch and stay after the show. Right. Just be like, we're having a right. giveaway. Um, yeah, it doesn't. Just don't do league tokens, man. We we're not gonna wait. Right. Just for league I ignore, tokens. I ignore Watch Point for a lot of the times because I'm busy. Like I yeah, watch exactly. the game and then we do our own analysis too. Yeah, so, like there's no incentive for for people who know the game and know what's going on to really pay attention to the watch point. So that's a great idea, Kevin. Like, incentivize your goddamn show. Yeah, just imagine if you had like a Zoe Tracer, like exclusive, only went through a, only went through the raffle or uh, through the giveaway thing. Like oh, yeah. people would people yeah. would die for that. Like each caster would get their own hero, like custom, custom to it. Um, and like with the league changing, like in in staff, like imagine if there was a Malik one. Like they started last season and they had one for Malik. Like that would be worth so much money right now. Exactly. Like if you, uh, I would have loved to have a Monte Cristo, like pop figure specifically. That would be a lot of fun to just have on the desk. And then obviously, if you got it signed or something, um, it would be worth way more later down the line. But. Um, yeah, it, I feel like they hopped on this ship a little too late, and they hopped on the homestand thing a little too early. They should just hire us for their ideas. Like yeah. we, we'd be so effective. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, 
we'll pitch it to them. I mean, they might just take it and run, but if if the leak falls, I guess we're just going to have to rebuild it. I might get this one. I already I already have the original tracer, but I do have like multiples for reskins. Like I have the Zen and uh mm-hmm. Cthulhu Zen. Yes. I have Soldier and then Grill 76 Soldier. I have Farah and then Anubis Farah. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I might pick this up if I'm not poor at some point in time. And if we're also not super poor, we could like consider giving one of these things away to one of y'all who listens to us. Yeah, I feel like it would oh. be nice to do that through like Twitter or Instagram, but we'll, right. we'll see. Yeah. More incentive for me to actually use the social media <laughs> that we have. Exactly. Like we, we just need to figure out what to post there. So yeah, you want to handle the uh the this last bit? Yeah, sure. I'll I'll handle this last bit. So um yeah, we, we know that Monte Cristo and Semlar and a whole bunch of other um, Overwatch League casters took their leave um, and decided to either freelance or join other projects. Um, but there was a tweet recently by uh, Overwatch League Vice President John Spector um, that said that we only want the best individuals that live and breathe Overwatch. And that was something that, like... Um, a lot of the other casters took took offense to. They essentially kind of hopped on the fact that they're saying, oh, if if you really lived and breathed Overwatch, um, we probably would have kept you on. But um, a lot of people who left the team decided to fire back. Um, and they said, from, from, our, ta- from our talent lineup, um, from what our ta- talent lineup looks like this year, we couldn't be happier. And that's what uh, the vice president um, said initially. And so Semlar fired back and said, people who live and breathe this game, people who specialize in our game that can take low ball thanks to our monopolistic hold on the scene. Um, so Semlar was for sure not happy. He's saying like, you know, we're not getting compensated for what we deserve here. And then Monte Cristo said, I was on this project even before the name Overwatch was a thing. And I lived and breathed this game, casting Overwatch for Apex Season 1 and even before the League was even a thing. And, like, he just got really mad at the fact that they were saying, oh, like, we only want people who appreciate and live and breathe Overwatch only. Um, without taking into account the uh, the whole contract half of it. Um which is interesting um, because early, I think it was, yeah, yesterday um, he issued an apology um, and he said, Oh, I needed to reword what I, what I said. He's like, I'm, I'm glad that we had this talent um, earlier, but um, he didn't intend to insult anyone with it. He's just really excited about the, the overwatch league, but I really do think that if anything, um, we might see Monte Cristo and the rest of the crew show up maybe for a game here and there, but it is going to be interesting to see where, uh, if this rift starts breaking off even more talent, um, or if things start falling apart for the league, but we just have to wait and see. This is just really, it's disappointing because... Like like you say, with people like Monty and Doa, who were here 
like they said, when Overwatch was literally just a PowerPoint presentation and a concept and a dream, and the league was like nowhere even in consideration. Like they've been here for it, and then for for them for people to say like, oh, you don't care. It's like no, we care, but we can't afford to have you undervalue our contributions to to this game. We can't afford to have you come in here and say that we're not worth the money that you paid us already before we can't have you say we want you to do the same amount of work for less like that's not fair to them that's just you being petty at this point saying that they're not the best people no they were the best people you're maybe not the best people for your job if you're calling them out for this yeah it's one thing to really like put it into action but the other half is to prove that you're loyal to your fan base and that's one thing that money can't buy money can't buy fans and it's very true for a lot of games and a lot of you know popular people like you understand that um your the success of your game cannot be bought um and if anything i feel like that this is not just coming from me being a um, esports talent or doing talent in the past at all um, I'm just saying that I feel like talent is one of those things that everybody thinks that they can do until they try it and then by wow. the time you realize that you have lost like something that's really good um, you try to fill it with something else and it's you you lose your fans who loved them um, for example like if you were if everybody was around for season one like golden boy right like right, right everybody loved golden boy right and then he took his leave to go and do other things and you're like okay is the overwatch league the same without him like it's not really uh it it felt different obviously but we grew to love everybody else who was there and now we're having the same dilemma again it's right. like okay we lost pocket we lost uh For me, it we lost money i really enjoyed like listening to malik do his thing and like as much as i do love zoe and i think she's great like hearing her do the advertisements is so wrong yeah it, it's it sounds not necessarily weird it's just for sure different um it, it's i want to come to expect exactly like we're we now know malik as the voice of the guy who will tell you how overwatch is played like <laughs> during during the overwatch like grand finals and like uh the playoffs essentially the stuff that was aired on like disney xd and abc um that kind of stuff when it was being aired they would have malik read like this is an objective map the point of this is you know and you would hear that and you'd be like yeah that's malik that's you know that's overwatch league for us and now that's our guy yeah that's our guy and now that we don't have um we don't have Malik in the in the thing. It's going to be interesting to see who takes up that role. Um, who would you want to voice over that that section? I feel like they're giving they're grooming Zoe into that role right now. Um, I love Achilles. Achilles is I think my favorite caster. He's he was on the desk this weekend. Um, I'd love to see Achilles do it. I'd love to see Jake do it. Um, I think that the best person to do it right now. Just looking at it from from not a not a I'm a fan of this person perspective, but I think Zoe should do it because again, it it it's slowly breaking down the idea that this is a boys club, mm-hmm. and that this is just solely a, a Japanese or Korean thing. Yeah. Zoe's European; she's a woman; she knows what she's doing. She's 
considered one of, according to Variety, one of the most powerful women in esports to right now. So I think for the benefit of the league, Zoe should be the one. If I had my druthers, I'd love to see Achilles or Jake take that up. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely agree that Zoe should take the role. Um, I feel like she she's definitely growing into the role, and I'm I hope that she can take the reins and become, you know, the host that we all need for Overwatch. Um, still, once again, I'm still champion uh, championing, bringing up maybe some of the contenders' talent, a lot of especially female talent, um, into the league. If you really want to get rid of that whole boys' club feel, you need to you need to bring in more girls into the casting booth. Um, Lemon Kiwi's already done it. Yeah, so Lemon Kiwi did it for for the World Cup, right? Um, yeah, and then I know we we call them Boop Nato, but like uh, Ham Tornado and Boopasaurus are two of the people who are known in the contender scene. They're they're such a great duo, and I feel like if you brought them up, um, you would have essentially another Brandon Sideshow kind of deal. Um, they're very funny. They're very good at breaking down the game, and I feel like they would just be a great addition. Um, yeah, but they know the Chinese scene really well. So I feel like they, they would probably be, be in that sector. Um, and we have three, what, three, four Chinese teams. Exactly. So it's very helpful if they're, if they're around, um, it is going to be interesting to see if we are able to break down that, that gender barrier. I really do want more females in the overwatch league just so we can have, uh, that variety. Um, and yeah, uh, I do agree. I think it would be funny though, kind kind of as like a if you want to do like a blooper reel of just Brennan Sideshow kind of winging it, like just give him the <laughs> give him the same footage that Malik had to comment over, and they'll be like, "Man, yeah, you just stand on this thing and it goes through, goes through the map, and yeah, if you get it to the end, you win." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just Brennan Sideshow, tell us how the game works. The Brennan Sideshow show. Yeah, they. They're they're just a great hilarious duo. I was lucky enough to meet them at the uh, at the California Cup when they were up here um, in San Francisco. So I feel like it it would just be a really good way to bring more comedy into the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I just hope that the league figures out what they want to do and we we can have a season four. That's all. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. Anything else for the news segment? Yeah, I think that that wraps it up. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to our first new segment of the new series, uh, new season. Um, tune into the gameplay section if you haven't already, and we'll we'll catch you next week for some more goodness. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Next week, we get ready for the Battle of Brotherly Love in Philadelphia. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.